Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress. Before we get to our regular podcast featuring myself and Craig Bernbach, we have some breaking news we want to tack on here. Damian Lillard has signed a two-year extension worth about $122 million. Here on Friday, his agent, Aaron Goodwin, confirmed the news to me, first reported by Sham Sharnia and uh, Chris Haynes. Um, Goodwin had told me actually earlier in the day that negotiations were ongoing and that the Blazers were amenable to signing him, but Damian wanted to make sure that he felt like the team was heading in the right direction, and it appears that he must feel that way because he did sign this deal. Now, he had three years remaining at about $136 million, adding this, these two years. Now, he has five years, about $254 million, something like that. That locks him in. doesn't mean he can't ever demand a trade. It doesn't mean the Blazers can't ever trade him, but it means that he is signed on for a full-on five years with the Blazers. It would make him more difficult to trade because of the huge number he would come with later in his contract. But regardless, the bottom line is Damian Lewis appears to be pretty pleased with the direction of the Blazers. His agent did tell me that Dame was exceptionally happy with the trade for Jeremy Grant and the acquisition of Gary Payton uh, the second, who is a client of Aaron Goodwin's and someone that Damian Lillard pushed to have to have the Blazers sign because he really feels he's going to add to the entire mix of the team, especially on defense. So that is the latest situation on Damian Lillard. He has signed, sealed, and delivered for five years with the Blazers. And now we will take you to our podcast, which was recorded earlier in the day. The Portland Trailblazers Summer League has gotten off to a bumpy start, but who cares about that? Because we have controversy, sorta, kinda, surrounding Damian Lillard, Chair Jody Allen. We're gonna start there. I'm Aaron Fentress of the Oregonian, and this is the Blazer Focus Podcast. Of course, I am joined by my main man, Craig Bernbach. How are you today, Craig? I'm good. You're in Vegas, baby. You're in Vegas. I'm in Viva Las Vegas dealing with nonsense. Look at, looking out over the strip right now at all these beautiful casinos, and I'm trapped in my hotel room talking to you. Hey, man. People take <laughs> No, they don't. No, they don't. I was going to say something that even I don't believe in. I got a five-year-old. That's the only one. I got a five-year-old who's lined up to talk to me. That's, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> All right, let's get to this whole controversial nonsense that's going on. So the New York Post put out an article that had two main elements in it. One was that apparently, allegedly, a, so a source told the New York Post that Damian Lillard was rebuffed numerous times by Jody Allen while attempting to reach her to discuss the franchise. Um, and then the other element of the article was that Larry Miller, former Blazers president who now works for Nike, was suggesting that Jody Allen should definitely take the offer from Phil Knight, the $2 billion offer that's been reported and confirmed. Um, which she has basically not directly rejected, but has stated in a statement last week that she has no intentions of selling the team, that yes, the trust must sell it at some point, the, the Paul Allen Trust, but it could take 10, 20 years, which of course would probably take Phil Knight 84 out of the running. So it's all an interesting mix of madness, but all we really care about right now is the idea that Damian Lillard, are, like one of the three best Franchise players ever. I mean, people could argue one, two, or three. It doesn't matter. The face of the franchise reached out to the owner or chair, and she's just rejected him. Like me, like Beyonce rejected me in her DMs or something like that. Like it just, it just didn't make sense to me. So, of course, people were checking in on it. And I essentially kind of ambushed Damian Lillard Thursday night after the Blazers lost to 
Detroit in the Summer League opener. That saw them lose Shaden Sharp in the first quarter. We'll talk about that later. And asked him straight up, like, what's up with this article? And he told me off the record at the time that he didn't understand where it came from, that it wasn't true, that he's never had a problem reaching Jody Allen, but he wouldn't uh, let me ask him, well, can I quote you on this? He's like, nah, nah, it's not, nah, it's not the time. So we, everyone knows that Dame is BFFs with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. And I kind of thought something would be coming soon, and it, it did. The next morning today, uh, Lillard issued a statement through Haynes, basically saying exactly what he told me, that he's never had a tr- trouble reaching out to her, that he never sent her an email, which the Post had claimed. And he didn't know where the story came from, and it was a non-story. At the same time that article came out, I was talking to his agent, who was going to go on the record with me for an article that I'd already started writing, saying the exact same thing, that it was ridiculous, that it didn't make any sense. Why would that happen? So before I come to you, Craig, I just want to point something out, that the whole thing just really seemed really bizarre to me, not just because Lillard is the face of the franchise, but because Jody Allen has been around the franchise a lot. She was at most of their blowout losses the last two months. She was coming down from Seattle and watched them get their asses kicked while they were in full-on tank mode. And Damian Lillard was at a lot of these games, like sitting 30, 30 feet from her. Um, and she was there for the draft. She's been very present within the organization. So it just wouldn't make any sense to me logically that she would do all these things, but I'm going to ignore Damian Lillard. So that didn't make sense. So I asked a lot of people that. and. Everyone I talked to within the organization said, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense based on her actions, and it just doesn't make any sense based on what would be smart. Uh, one last thing, Goodwin said that um, he and Dame have a great relationship with Jody Allen and Burt Cold and Joe Cronin, and that there's on no, ongoing negotiations uh, regarding an extension. Dame is due a two-year extension worth over $100 million. So, that's sort of what I've been dealing with the last 24 hours. Uh, I just posted an article on, the, on Oregon Live about it. So what say you, Craig? What do you think? What do you think? So this is what I think. First of all, I grew up with the New York Post. You can't mention the New York Post in an article in there without um, at least saying that they're a sensational uh, newspaper. I mean, that, that that's what they've done forever. I mean, the Post headlines are famous for being, um, uh, you know, strategically um, controversial. Uh, And this lives in the post because it's a perfect post article. There's really no meat on the bones other than the Larry Miller quotes. Um, They revert back to talking about Jody Allen's issues um, regarding being accused of sexual harassment, being accused of stealing dinosaur bones and giraffe bones from Africa, all things that are from like 2013. So it's an article (laughs) that is written to, like you're saying, it doesn't make sense. It makes perfect sense to me. The Damon Lillard stuff, it's it's just smoke. It's somebody is out there trying to um, shine a light on Jody Allen as a bad owner. Right. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it is. Um, And the, but the fact that Larry Miller is quoted in there. I mean, here's a here's a guy that worked for Nike forever, then went to be the president of the Blazers, and then went back to Nike. He's the chairman of the Jordan brand. He's 72 years old. He he and he knows Nike. He knows Phil Knight. They chill like he he didn't make the. It, it's hard for me to believe that um, he didn't talk to Phil Knight. I don't know, but I mean, like it, that's a pretty strong connection to the to Nike coming out and saying basically he says that. She should take the offer. The Blazers are in much better hands if she's not the owner, and Phil Knight is. So um, 
yeah, I, I think that's that's what this is. It's a it's it's clearly you know it, the Damian Lillard stuff is in there because what better way to turn a fan base and people against Jody Allen than to say that she won't talk to Damian Lillard? Right. The most, I mean, I mean, he's I whether he's the best player in uh, Blazers history, franchise history. Um, you could debate. You can't debate. I think that he's the most beloved. Right. I mean, the other guys left with controversy, right? right? Clyde left. Bill Walton basically disowned the team for 20 years. So uh, what better way to turn a fan base against uh, Jody Allen than to say that she won't speak to Damian Lillard, which, you know, in it, even even the worst accusation does says that she turned hit, you know, she made Burt Cold speak to him, which is not a complete wouldn't be ignoring completely. So, yeah, yeah to me. That's what's concerning here is that we have um, something going on where Larry Miller felt that he should be comfortable being in an article attacking Jody Allen because he knew what it was, right? You know, um, and if Jody Allen is really not going to sell the Blazers for 10 to 20 years, that that's a game, you know, that that's something to, to think about. Uh, if you're a Blazers fan and if you're a part of the organization, because being part of an organization that you know has to be sold at some time, I think uh, pulling out to a 10 to 20 year, it could happen within 10 to 20 years. That's not great. You know, that 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 doesn't feel good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's it's all wild. And I think most people would probably like to see Phil Knight by the team for a lot of different reasons. I mean, we, you and I have talked about it like. I'm just thinking about what he would try and do with that area. I would imagine he'd try and make it really cool to leave a, you know, another mark on his legacy. Um, but the, the bottom line is it's Jody Allen's decision. If she wants to keep it, she can keep it. But we don't know that. We don't know that, Aaron. We, we don't know the trust. We do know the trust says it has to be sold and the money needs to go to charity. I don't know why you'd wait 20 years. If, if the goal of Paul is to sell it, to give the, to give the money to charitable causes, um, why do you why do you wait twenty years? But we don't we don't you know she's saying that so obviously she knows more about the trust than we do. But I don't, I don't know what, what were you saying? We don't know. I said I was talking and you said we don't know what we don't know. Well, you're saying she's saying that she doesn't have to you know she doesn't have to sell. No, no, no I'm, I'm saying, saying her decision is. I was going to say it was her decision as to when she sells it. If she wants to keep it, I meant I didn't mean forever. I meant you know keep it right. Yeah. But 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 we don't we haven't read the trust right so she she's saying that that seems a little like we don't know what the exact language is like does the lang is there she saying it could be ten to twenty years based on market value or like is there a lo- something in there that controls when to, when she has to sell and when she doesn't you know I I don't I don't know what triggers there's something in there that triggers a must sell I mean at some point she's got to sell it and do what. Paul wants, which is to give the money to charitable causes. Keeping the team, especially in a downturn of an economy or something like that, doesn't seem responsible and not what Paul um, would have wanted, right? Well, but okay, so th- my understanding is that, yes, the Seahawks and Blazers have to be sold, but that when you're dealing with a, a state the size of Paul Allen's, it's not like you just have a garage sale. And people just come take what they want. Like you're going to be strategic with it. Like the, and and so and the most 
expensive assets, the most valuable assets you have, if you feel like they're going to appreciate, you wait longest on those. Like you don't sell the the things that you think are going to appreciate greatly over time first. You sell you can sell the other things. So it's my understanding that there's really no rush for them to sell. And then she, and someone told me it could be seven to ten years, and and then now she's saying ten to twenty. I, I mean, it just sounds like unless she's throwing us out there to, for some kind of you know public relations gain or something. Unless she, I, I don't, I can't imagine she's just lying. But there's no requirement for them to sell this entity. And if you think that an NBA team is worth two billion now and it's going to be worth three billion in three or four years, then why would you not? It would be irresponsible to sell it right now because you're going to cost yourself a billion dollars. Well, I don't know what the trust says, but what I will say is it's not irresponsible to get that money to charitable causes that might that might be on his list. You know, I mean, I get what you're saying, like three billion is more than two billion. But at some point in time, um, you don't, markets fluctuate. They're selling other assets. Yeah. Yeah. I, once again, I, <laughs> I don't know what the trust says. I'm just saying the Paul, what Paul wanted was to sell his assets and give them to charity. So. If Jody Allen has to, you know, you would think Jody Allen has to honor that. Why you would keep something for 10 to 20 years it when you also have to think of what's best for the franchise, right? Like, why? If you don't, if you don't want to be, unless you want to be the owner, which technically is not what the trust is for. Like, Burt Cold is not supposed to own the Blazers, right? Or, or run it for a considerable amount of time uh, when the goal is to sell it off. So... I'm just saying, I don't know why you would come out. That's an interesting quote for me, for Jody to come out almost out of nowhere to say, Jody Allen to say, we're not for sale right now and I don't have to sell it for 10 to 20 years. There's, I'm just saying it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I hear you. And it could just be part of negotiations. It could be yeah. simply where, oh, Phil Knight, someone who everyone wants to buy this team, let it get out there that he has made an offer of two plus billion. Well, I'm going to say it's not for sale because I want three plus billion. <laughs> Who knows? Right, Who knows? Right. I mean, this is what this is what people like us do. I deal with it on eBay all the time. You know, <laughs> what do you want for this two hundred dollars? I have a card posted for two hundred dollars. People say, like, "Will you take seventy five? Well, why would I take seventy? Now I post it to three hundred, and then someone comes and offers me too. So people play games in the small market world. They play games in the billionaires world, and so that could be that. And someone told me they said straight up that they thought that that line, the ten to twenty year line was a direct shot at the Phil Knight camp because right. Phil Knight's you're 84. You're 84. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so right. if you want, I'll hold on to this team forever. If you want it, you better come with more money. And Phil Knight has more money. So maybe Phil Knight has to extremely overpay, and maybe Jody Allen knows this. Maybe Jody Allen knows that Phil Knight really, really wants the team, and so she's going to be like, okay, you can come get it, but it's going to cost you $4 billion. And then Paul and I have to make it, or Phil Knight has to make a decision. And if I'm Phil Knight, I give her the $4 billion. <laughs> easy yeah, for mean, me to say i mean if you got right i mean I, if you want it bad enough if i mean I, bad enough. right and i and obviously i mean exactly what we're talking about here is beyond the Damian. i know the damien Lillard takes the headlines and you did your job great job going right to him good that you were there then going to the agent and you, you know and you you produce the what people want to know right now which is did jody allen ignore damien lillard it looks like that's that's false right uh but what we have is Phil Knight makes an offer, makes it public. Um, they soft push, the Blazers soft push that this team's not for sale. It doesn't feel like it made enough impact. So Jody Allen comes out with a statement saying, not for sale, and I could wait 20 years. <laughs> then 
Then Larry Miller ends up, you know, Nike executive ends up in the New York Post saying, hey, people, you don't want Jody Allen as your owner. So I think that's what people, that's what we need to keep our eye on, uh, not whether or not Damian Lillard and Jody Allen are, you know, you know, lunch buddies. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, like, it, that's the part that hits me is that it, all this stuff that we're talking about is, you know, it's the old checkers and chess. Those are the checker moves down there. Like, they're like, whatever. Yeah, we'll get busted. We'll get busted on that. David will say it's not true. But enough people will read that stuff from 2013 to be like, whoa. Right, right. Oh, I'm not a fan of this person being the chair. Um, it's just amazing in a way that I just can't imagine Larry Miller does this completely without strategy. I mean, we we know that how, how smart of an executive he is. And how connected he is with Nike, uh, it, it doesn't seem like uh, oh you, oh you caught me at a good time. I, you know, like I I feel like spilling right to some New York Post reporter that no one's ever actually heard of. You know, I, I it it seems strategic. I reached out to Larry Miller during the Olshay investigation, and he never returned my my calls. Uh, right, so you know he's that easy to get to if he wa- doesn't want to be gotten. Right. So, but, and not, not that I even knew the guy or that I, you know, he other people didn't re- return my calls either. But it's just weird. That I don't, hell, I don't return your calls half the yeah, time. But exactly. <laughs> but it's just weird that, like, the New York Post, 3,000 miles right, away. It's strategy. They care right. about the place. It's just, anyway. So, and now someone else told me, too, that the New York Times might be doing something as well. So we'll see how that hits. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's obvious. There's, like you said, it's obvious what's that this is. I hate to say it's obvious that this is Nike against, you know, Jody Allen and Burt Cole, but that's what it feels like, right? I mean, that's what it feels like. Like, why make not not a lot of offers? As we well know, teams get sold, and most of the time, it's a shock. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, holy crap! I didn't know that was going on. You don't often hear. So, you know, so-and-so made this offer um, and it wasn't it, without it, there being an acceptance or something like that, right? You know, it's it, that, was, that was odd that out of nowhere, Phil Knight has made a $2 billion offer. Like, how does that help your negotiations? It usually doesn't, right? You don't go, I want to buy your car. I don't go on Twitter and say, I, I, I offered Aaron Fetcher $6,000 for his beautiful Corvette. That you think is worth, you know, ten thousand, because all that does is invite someone to say, "Oh, I want that Corvette. I'll give you eight. You know, what I mean, it's not a usually the smart um, negotiation tool to go to tell more people exactly what you pay, you offered. So, yeah, that from the start was interesting. The reaction was interesting, and anything in the New York Post you have to take with a grain of salt. Um, and obviously, if something with the New York Times. That's more than a grain of salt you take it for. That you take it for the you know, the whole salt shaker usually if the Times comes in. Yeah. Um, and of course the Times and the Athletic now are tied. So they knew do they do have resources uh in both worlds, business worlds and sports worlds to 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 see that. But uh, yeah. so does Fetris though, baby. And today he came out with a heck of an man, article I just, that I just uh, wanna could, I just wanna cover basketball, man. I hate this stuff. <laughs> I'm mean, not do it. I've you know, I've got to deal with controversial nonsense with the ducks and everything else, but it's just so it's like you just roll your eyes at these people. It's like, man, can't y'all just play nicely? 
No, no, they can't. That's why they're billionaires, man. <laughs> you know, like we don't know, we don't know how these games are played. You know, you're you're out there trying to get seventy five bucks for a baseball card, man. Like you don't know. <laughs> God knows what. God, I mean, you 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 play you know hardcore for for you know a hundred dollars on a baseball card. Gosh knows what would happen if we gave you a a basketball team worth billions. Oh my God, I'd probably be out of control. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't sell because I would, I wouldn't sell. I'd want to, I'd be, I'd be Mark Cuban. I'd be sitting on the bench. I'd be making subs because I think I know, you know, I'd be like, I think we should go with a five guard lineup. It seems, seems genius. Let's do it. Gary Payton. Welcome to the center spot. (laughs) I'd get you in. You wanted to play. I'd start you Fentress for a game. I just just you to prove play, the bet that you couldn't score. You like, I'd be like, all right, fifty year old Fetris thinks he can score. He's playing eighteen minutes tonight, baby. I would do that and instantly pop something. <laughs> just doing that. And be looking at you going, sub, <laughs> this was a big mistake. Okay. Anyway, speaking of injuries on the basketball court, let's are you ready to transition to basketball? You yeah. Speaking of subs right away. Controversial billionaire spats. Yeah, let's do basketball. it. All right. Um, the Blazers made their summer league debut on Thursday night against Detroit. Detroit did not play Cade Cunningham, but they had Jaden Ivey, they had Jalen Duran, and they and then they had Killian Hayes. I think Bay didn't play though. But anyway, they had some some obviously good parts to look at, and the Blazers passed on Duran. So it's kind of an interesting first summer league game. And of course, all eyes were on Shaden Sharp, the Blazers' number seven pick. He played, though, only five minutes and 33 seconds because he injured his shoulder. Now, prior to that, he missed a couple threes. He had a really bad turnover in transition, but he did have a really nifty baseline spinning fadeaway jumper that swished through, which happened actually seconds before he got hurt. Now, I didn't actually see the play live because I think I was typing something on Twitter <laughs> about his shot or something or, or, or in our blog. And then he, I guess he hit the ground weird. Uh, there was a timeout called. He came to the sideline holding his shoulder, and they held him out. Now, uh, Steve Hetzel, the head coach, said that after the game, said that um, Sharp seemed fine at halftime. He said he actually felt fine, but they kept him out as a precaution. He's supposed to be checked out today. I just asked a uh, Blazer uh, representative if he was going to undergo an MRI. He said he wasn't sure of that, although Chris Haynes reported last night that he was going undergoing an MRI. But anyway, either way, the loss doesn't bother me. I mean, who cares the summer league? Um, they made a nice comeback late. Brandon Williams looked good. Keon Johnson looked really good, especially on defense. That guy was playing defense like it was the NBA Finals. He was really intense. Um, but, you know, what's disappointing is just Sharp getting injured. Uh, so, anyway, what was your take on the game last night and the injury? Yeah, I was shocked that they were going to tank summer league so early. <laughs> and they didn't put him back in. <laughs> That's what, I, that's what I thought. I was like, whoa, they're starting early on this tank thing. Like, uh, um, you know, it, my my first thought was he looked really not good, you know, but I didn't care because it was summer league, but he looked, he looked pretty awful except for that one shot that was really nice. Uh, but yeah, he looked, uh, his shot was his misses were really they were they were real misses they weren't they didn't they didn't bounce around the rim and almost almost drop uh yeah he looked overwhelmed in those five minutes but uh my thought about the injury was i i think he'll be ready to go in 2025 when he starts a game so i think that's okay uh, based on the timeline that uh you would probably go with his career uh, but yeah i would have liked to see him more i just you know summer league is it's i i enjoy the hype i enjoy the talk I just think it's all bull crap. It doesn't mean anything in the long run other than 
very, very focused things that we don't often know what they're looking for. Um, you know, I give examples that, you know, if you're a Nick fan, uh, Nate Robinson's actually in like the summer league hall of fame. So like oh that, what does that do for you? And, uh, yeah. Nick Batum, Nick Batum in summer league looked like he had never seen a basketball and he's had a pretty good career. So, uh, and it was really good that first year. Yeah. I liked seeing Keon play really well because that that's a first round draft pick that you got in those trades that people often forget. And we always remind them that, you know, you got a first rounder in those trades. He just happened yeah. to be drafted. A few months early, and he looked. He looked. Um, his shot looked good. He played hard on defense. He's. We know how wickedly athletic is he, he is, and we also know that he didn't play a lot of basketball before the you know going to the NBA. So I like that. It was awful, you know, basketball at, at some stretches. It was, yeah. you know, turnover to turnover to, you know, the technical fouls were the most exciting part at, at, at one point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to see Sharp because no one's seen him play basketball, right? And um, he's the seventh overall pick. I enjoyed the – so, Aaron, I don't think you got a chance because you were there live. You probably didn't get to hear what Damian Lillard no. had to say about Sharp during the during the broadcast. No, I didn't. And uh, it was interesting because he basically called him out, very <laughs> respectfully, but he called him out. He said, hey, look, when you're a top 10 pick, you got to show up. You got to show out at some point. You got to show people why you're a top 10 pick. Um, and he didn't – you know, in, in – it was just so dame, right? Like, because anyone else saying that it could come off as arrogant or, or really attacking, it wasn't. It was just straight up like, hey, man, I was there. And he said it like I was there. I had a show out. Um, so it was a little bit of like, hey, buddy, you're a top 10 pick. You better show us something. Uh, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see something. Uh, but we did get to see the uh, second round pick, Samari Walker's uh, kid. Uh, came, you know, came in, played really well. Solid, solid play for him last night. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand. I, I'd have to see the Dame thing to maybe fully grasp it. But like, I mean, he didn't pull himself out. They they pulled him out, and he said he was fine at halftime. And yeah, no, he wasn't talking about the injury. He was just talking oh, overall. Yeah. Like, hey, we picked you in the top ten. You you got to play. You know, you got to be. You got to prove that you're a top ten player. He wasn't talking about like, oh, he should be playing right now. He wasn't calling him out for that moment. He was calling him out for, you know, being a top 10 pick and needing to prove. Yeah. No, why. I hear that. I, I think though, that the way this team is built right now, that Shaden Sharp is going to play 14, 15 minutes a game and average six or seven points this season. Like they're just, you know, adding Peyton to go along with Hart and, 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 uh, Dan, that's her four main guards. And then the way Keon's playing, you know, I, I just, you know, I think Shaden Sharp's going to have a hard time cracking the lineup for extended minutes his first year. He's only 19, and he didn't play in college. Like, I just – this this has, for me, you know, all the signs of a situation where people – I just hope people don't overreach in terms of what they expect from him as a rookie on this team and with their expectations to win. He's got – he's going to have so much to learn. And when Chauncey's putting in the defenses and putting in the offenses and they're trying to ramp up the – sophistication it's like he's not going to hold back for a 19 year old when he's got heart he's got Peyton who he really wanted Peyton and also uh whom uh <clears throat> Dame really wanted um you know so anyway just let the guy grow you know and just see where it goes so agreed as for Jabari yeah yeah like I said that's why I wasn't that's why I wasn't worried about the uh injury because like I said I think he'll be good to go yeah. 2025 <laughs> <laughs> uh, as for Jabari, yeah, I mean, Jabari looked be decent, I guess. But again, there's another guy I don't expect to play a minute next year. Um, yeah. I was really fascinated by Trenton Watford and, and Greg Brown because 
those guys played a lot last year, and Trenton Wofford got himself a, a, a two-year guaranteed deal with two two club options option year, so he's getting paid. They really liked what he did as a, as a two-way guy, undrafted. Um, but God, they're just so young, you know. Like like they they play with high energy and they're getting after it and they hustle. Yeah. But they just make silly kid mistakes, and you know, Greg Brown is going to take. You know, if he ever develops, it's just going to take him time. He's still just a, like a. It just reminds me of a cult out there, just sort of running around doing whatever. But man, he will he will rise up and swat a shot. He will rise up and dunk in your face. Like he's then he'll also just do something where you're like, "What are you doing, bro?" But he's just a kid. Um, Watford, though, for me, out of everyone in in the summer league right now, he to me is the most important guy because uh, they don't have many bigs. <laughs> right, they're rolling. You know, Drew yep. no, Eubanks. Gonna... You need a four. You need four. Yeah, I mean, Drew Eubanks and Winslow are the, are the prime backups. I mean, does anyone feel like, oh, they're set there? No. And so Watford is going to be there. Is he going to be able to to get some minutes at all as a backup center or backup power forward? I don't know, but they might need him at some point. And he showed some flashes last year, but you have to. they have to hope that he just takes another leap from a, a maturity standpoint to be ready to handle important minutes. Because he's, I mean, you could say he played some important minutes last year, but yeah, that was after the season. Hey, there were no, there were no important <laughs> minutes last year. There were no important minutes. So let's you know, be clear. Hetzel said something, you know, <laughs> interesting. He said, "Look, you know, they're young players, and you know, you can't tell them to play to give a hundred percent, and then also want them to back off a little bit so they don't make mistakes. You just have to let them just play through the mistakes and le- and learn as they go." Uh, so yeah. So anyway, zero and one. Uh, at least three, at least four more games to go. I'll be here for two more. And we'll hopefully we'll get some news here today on Sharp's situation, and hopefully we'll see him back on the court, heck, as soon as uh, Saturday. All right, let's finish up with you know things that happened since last we talked. Uh, the signings, Simons, Nurk, and Peyton. Um, I think the Simons one we don't have to talk about. We know you. It was a in a way a no brainer. It was a hundred million bucks. We kind of thought that's what it would be. That was the market done. Um, to me, the Peyton and Nurk signings. Look, I love I love the Gary Payton, you know, story, but I, man, that was a lot of money for a guy that barely made a team last year. Uh, he played really well. I love how he can play defense, but I was a little surprised at uh, the size of that contract. And then the Nurk signing. Whew, we haven't seen the final details, but four years. I just, waha, jaha. I, I he's just entering his prime. What are you gonna do? I'd give him three. Give him more money for three. <laughs> you know, I, I would. I mean, like, look, I, I, he's not. There isn't a lot of money for centers in this league. I don't know who they were competing against, um, and that's part of it. I don't know who they were competing against. I saw what other centers got. Um, I saw what Mitch Robinson got. I, you know, obviously, and Haverstein got. And I just think that, man, the guy hasn't even played. You know, last year it's not his fault they stopped him, but. The guy hasn't played, you know, a full season most of his career, and that's four year deal for a guy that has never played two seasons in a row of of over you know seventy games, and who is inconsistent and will be older and richer. I don't know, man. I did not love it. Um, I knew you had to sign him, and I was fine with that. But I would have rather give him a two year deal and give him you know, more cash for that than rather to tie yourself up for four years. Now, maybe, maybe it's some kind of club option or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I just thought that was too much money for him. And while I'm happy, 
Um, you see other guys like Brown get less money. Um, who's much bigger. Now he's six, three and everyone says GP, you know, he's going to play, he could play one through four, you know, defensively. Um, but yeah, I, did, did any of those two, as we wrap up here, did you, did you hesitate and go, huh, that's a little more than I thought. I know. I figured Nurk around 18 a year, which is about what he got. Uh, and then it'd be probably four years. I mean, I, I get where people are coming from on that. Like, you know, mirroring what you just said but at the same time we're in a league where people make 50 million a year so is 17 million a lot for someone i just don't know now it, the, the the scary thing is if you only give him two and he kills it the next couple of years and then he's a free agent again you could be on the hook for more or he leaves um so it's you know you're gambling i just i don't know i just think i would have took years the, i would have taken that gamble and hope yeah, I mean, and hope and hope the heck that I was somehow wrong, but wouldn't feel that way. I don't see Nurkic in three years being, you know, a, a much better player. I'm worried he's going to be worse. I mean, he's he's entering his prime, dude. I, I don't think he's going to get worse. I think Dame loves him too. I think Dame was probably involved yep. in that, maybe in terms of okay, let's lock him up. Uh, I hear. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I just don't have a problem with it. The Peyton deal, I get what everyone's saying about Peyton, that he can defend all his positions and stuff like that, but he's 6'3", and it's like we're, we're back to a small lineup, yep. and they, they think it's going to be fine, and Cronin says, look, we went after mentality and aggressiveness and toughness and guys who play the way we want to play. I'm told by Dame's agent, I'm going to write about this later, that uh, he has a, they have, they, he and Peyton, Dame and Peyton share the same agent, Aaron Goodwin, and Peyton definitely wanted um, uh, Peyton to join the team. They're, all three of them are Oakland dudes. Um, so, and they love his tenacity. They love what he's going to bring. They need, they feel like they need that type of mentality. Let, let, me, just, totally let me stop you though. I wish they would have gotten a six, seven dude, you know, but they didn't. So I agree with that. Not G- Peyton, but Peyton, Paul. GP two is not an Oakland dude. His dad's an Oakland dude. <laughs> like he grew up all over. He didn't, did he? Oh yeah, no, you're right. I you're mean, right. He, I don't even know if he ever lived in Oakland. It doesn't mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm trying to get, I want my, I, I, I tell my wife that my, my son's a New Yorker and, and from New Jersey. And she's like, no, he is not. <laughs> He's not from there. I'm like, well, I'm from there. So that counts, but I don't think it works that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah you're right. I don't know where, I don't know where Gary, but okay, I thought Gary Payton yeah, had, yeah, he's born in Seattle and then he went to high school in Arizona and all over, but he didn't. Yeah. I don't think he, uh, okay, I don't, never mind then. Scratch that part. But I mean, anyway. he's got the roots. The roots are there. Cause, uh, Damien's right, relationship with his dad. Route. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. It's not yeah. like, I mean, look, maybe the best player ever out of Oakland is his dad, right? So you get that tie. That tie counts. It rolls over onto you, whether you like it or not. So, and I don't think, I think he'll be a good player. Ant was underpaid. I mean, Ant should have gotten what Zion got, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that, like, with a straight you, face. You take it right now. Ant or Zion. Ant or Zion. I'm going Ant all day. I'm going Ant all day. That was awesome, man. That was okay, a, anyway. that was so straight that I was like, "Wait, is he did he? Did you like that? Is he concussed?" I have active skills. I have active skills. There's no doubt about that. I know I'm you. Know. Fact, I might go apply for a Vegas show here today, <laughs> or not apply. I'll just show, I'm is... apply. I'm gonna put an application for. It. Well, you should apply. Anyway. You should apply to be a uh, aunt's agent, man. That's what you should apply for. That's right. You come into a boardroom like I'm like. Anyway. I see no difference between Ant and Durant. No, straight up, won't do it. Won't do it. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna need more. <laughs> Durant Simmons for Ant. I'll take that. Um, anyway, so uh, no, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad they locked up Ant. Uh, you know that. You know, I thought he'd get 20. He got 25. More power to him. Um, but you know, let, here, last thing I want to say. 
before we close off. The Damian Lillard saga is only just beginning. Oh, yeah. Only just started. You know, I mean, my money's on him playing next season. But and, – and they gave him two pieces he wanted. Jeremy Grant, who was very quiet, by the way, leading the work on his quotes, and <laughs> Peyton. But I'm getting the sense that he wants more. Of course he you does. Know, he, wa- he wants to contend. He, and I don't think this is a contending team. I think it's going to be pretty good. I think it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I think they can definitely win 45 plus, um, which would get them in the playoff mix, obviously. But uh, you know, between now and next summer, I think they have to make a bit, another Grant type or better move to make Dame commit to being here for the rest of the or season. a huge Just, or yeah. a huge jump from Grant or Simons, right? To to be a player that suddenly is, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but if you know Simons becomes Devin Booker, you know what I mean? Like then we have a different. Right. Then something's different. Um, but yeah, and I think when Kevin Durant um, asks for a trade, that doesn't help. You shouldn't, Blazer fans shouldn't just ignore that as no big deal. Because if Kevin Durant can, thinks his reputation and stuff can survive another ask for a trade, um, no one, you know, you know that da- Damon Lillard's reputation can you know, sustain that. So, right. And as far um, as far as Durant to Portland, I'm told again that that yeah. is not going to happen. This is not, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to give up? Like, there's no, I don't even like, like I said, Simon's for Durant straight up. That's like 17 picks. And the Nets have been ridiculous though. Allegedly they wanted Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. I would have hung up on, oh, I know. Players. I mean, that's turn 34. I wouldn't do that. If I, if I'm the Nets, I'm taking a young, good player and co- matching contracts and picks. I had Durant for two years. I gave up D'Angelo Russell. Who cares? I would do it. I would do it for Ant and Nasir, matching contracts and picks. Why? Why wouldn't uh, he's got? Well, I gotta say, you got Kevin Durant wrapped up for four years. That that's huge, man. That contract's done. Like it's such a. It's not huge if you got you're gonna move Kyrie Durant and Ben Simmons aren't winning Jack. You know, my opinion is Kevin Durant and anyone can win Jack. So um, he's that good. You saw Kevin Durant, and Kyrie get swept. No, right, right. When they didn't play, I, I'm not saying that it's a guarantee, but, you know, he's top three players in the league when healthy. I mean, it just. The guy doesn't want to be there. You take a young a young rising star and picks. and you Because you, you have no picks. That's another thing. You have no picks because you gave them away for Harden. Rudy Gobert got you four, what, to get five first-round picks? So Durant's worth eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could get a lot of picks. No, the bottom line is if you can't, if he's not going to play – that's his only thing, but he's got four years under the contract. You could also try to make him happy. It wouldn't be the first time that a player, you know, got appeased. And maybe this is his power play, and he has reasons, things that could make him happy. Maybe he just wants Kyrie out of there. If he wants to cement his legacy, he would come to Portland and win yeah, a championship. Exactly, I know. Going, to Phoenix, going to Phoenix. Going to Phoenix. Oh, that's oh, I'm gonna join. You know, one of the top seas in the West. Oh yeah, wow. Or I'm gonna go to Miami. Oh yeah, you really pick some. Interesting spots there. You pick bandwagon spots. And here's the other thing. I guarantee you, if he goes to Phoenix, Chris Paul's going to get hurt and it's going to blow up. And he's going to be like, oh, trade me now. Trade, Chris Paul's no good anymore. I trade me. So, A, you just gar- you just guaranteed that Chris Paul would get injured, which I love. I love how you guarantee an injury. That- Isn't he going to be 37? Yes, but I'm just saying, like, you can't guarantee. It's like saying, I guarantee you'll get hit by a car. Like, you can't guarantee that. No, he, but- gets hurt. He-, he gets hurt every other year. And this past year, he was healthy, but oh, got smoked broke- in the playoffs. He, he broke, broke his thumb. Okay, he's like, he going to be older. So why would Durant want to go play with the older guy? Because he'll win a title and, with And they're, they're going to lose Aiden. They're not going to win. No, they're not. Well, he, you, you, asked, you asked why he wants to go. 
you disagree. Kevin Durant thinks he can win a title with that team. He'd That's have a better chance winning a title. With, he'd have a better chance with Dan. Yeah. Here, here's, here's something. The last thing I'll say about Kevin Durant. He does not care what you think or anyone else. Oh thinks. no, he does. Oh yes, <laughs> he, he does. He doesn't because you're right. If he cared about if he cared about other people, what they thought, he wouldn't have gone to Golden State. Then he went to left Golden State. Then he went to sign with Brooklyn, and then he wouldn't be asking for a trade. Kevin Durant, of the things I could say, is he is his own man and doesn't care whether you think he's right or wrong. He doesn't care. He's going to do what he thinks is best, and because he's one of the best players to ever play in the history of the game, he gets what he wants. I mean, that's it. And 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 you get to be angry about it, and which makes this uh, makes it enjoyable for me. <laughs> well, you should listen to me. I help him out. <laughs> anyway, right, well, enjoy the games, man. Hopefully, we'll see more sharp and uh, and, and some more fun for you. And uh, and and you uh, stay safe out there. It's hot. It is hot. I, I don't mess with the heat either. So I'll be hotel to car to arena and back. And I'm not. I'm not even going to walk the strip. Anyway, all right. Enough for the Blazer Focus podcast today. Thanks, Craig, for joining me. As usual, we'll be back next week with more talk of the happenings here in the Summer League. Hopefully, we'll have more to talk about regarding Sharp and some other young players. Until then, enjoy your summer, everyone, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>